Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Welcome back, welcome back. Hope you guys are excited. I am too. <clears throat> I know it's a little bit downtime. I know it's a bit of a downtime now because, you know, the social the social distancing, um, pr- practically having to stay home, not being outdoors as much. I know people want to enjoy this nice spring weather, um, but practice social distancing, continue to quarantine, continue to listen to the experts. Um <clears throat> I often say I'm ha- I have conversations and I'm like when I'm on a pod I don't I don't want to bring it up because I try to bring some type of normalcy and also I'm just not an expert I'm not I mean I, I I hear what they're talking about I know the basic things and the basic routines the staying clean but uh, I'm just not an expert and I'm not gonna touch <laughs> in those places so listen to the experts uh, stay home practice social distancing um, I hope you guys been you know enjoying this break because you can look at this as a break. Um, but also um, as some time to, you know, some downtime, to chill time to really think. Um, but we got a lot to get into today in, this, in today's episode. We're going to talk about um, quarterbacks and the places where they might be going, some destinations for like a, a quarterback like Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm going to touch bases on that. Uh, the, the Bleach Report came out with their top 25 NBA players under the age of 25. I'm going to touch bases on that as well. I'm going to do a top 10 list. Uh, I did some. I did a list similar to this um, a couple about a month ago, but I'm gonna do that list. Um, we and we have pretty we have much more in store. So get get ready, buckle your seatbelt. I'm gonna take you guys on an audio adventure. You know, I, I didn't talk. I've talked about Cam Newton and uh, the, the the possible destinations that you know would 
you know, that seems likely for Cam Newton. And you guys already know how I feel about Cam Newton. I've been talking about Cam Newton for the last two weeks-ish. Two weeks or so, I've been talking about Cam Newton. You guys already got the gist, and you guys already, you know, you guys pretty practically already know how I feel about Cam Newton. i told you guys this numerous times, numerous occasions. But with Jameis Winston, I, I feel like you, I, I made a point last week where I said, the reason why guys can, can the reason why guys that are like a, like Case Keenum um, and Nick Foles, the reason why they, these type of guys continue to get jobs is because of the maturity, the maturity factor. You know, they they don't have character issues. Teddy Bridgewater, they don't have character issues. They're nice, sir. They're not some some cases. Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's a serviceable serviceable quarterback. Nick Foles, uh, Case Keenum, I think they're more backups. But that's neither here nor there. With Jameis Winston, he has you know coming out of FSU character issues. I I I did not trust his judgment. I did not like. Jameis Winston judgment. I didn't think he used proper judgment um, in some opportune times. I didn't think so at all. Uh, now, I think that's a big reason why. You can, you can blame it on eyesight. You can blame it on whatever. Uh, I think that's a big reason why he, that, that's a big reason why he has so many turnovers. The dude has so many turnovers because he, 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 he does not use proper judgment. Turnovers? What, 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 I mean, you know, you, where did that come from? I know his receivers, former receivers, Chris Godwin, you know, people trying to come out and say, hey, Jameis doesn't deserve, you know, some of those interceptions weren't his fault. Okay, he threw 30 interceptions. Okay, 10 of them wasn't his fault. He still, he still has 20 interceptions. He still has six pick sixes. So, like, it's still a lot of turnovers. No matter how you chop it up or try to cut it up, and, you know, no matter how, how, much, you try to, how, how much you try to defend Jameis Winston, okay. He still had 20 turnovers. If you, t- you want to say, okay, you know, 10 of those interceptions wasn't James' fault. Okay, he still has 20 interceptions. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how you cut it up. He still has a lot of in- t- turnovers. So, you know, you, you, people getting talking about the possible destinations for Jameis Winston. I think, now, let me get, let me get this straight because I don't want to, I just don't want to talk bad on him. Because he did throw for a good, he did throw, he did throw for a lot of yards. He threw about, he had about five, he had 5,000 plus yards this year um, with 30 touchdowns, with 30 plus touchdowns. He just had the 30 interceptions. That's, that, that's the bad. That's the column that looks bad. But with, with Jameis, I think a perfect situation for him, and I always say this about this particular franchise. I often say this about this particular franchise. I say the, the, the perfect spot, the perfect landing destination for Jameis Winston is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the best organization in football. And I know you, some of you guys are like, what? They want to take them, what? The, to, I'm, I'm telling you, the best, they are, they are the best organization in the NFL. Uh, I know New England has been like the golden standard for the last 20 years. Outliers. Um, they have Belichick. They had they had Belichick and they had they have Belichick and they had Brady. Outliers. What was New England before Belichick and Brady? Okay, my, that's my point exactly. Uh, Pittsburgh historically throughout the nineteen seventies, eighties, nineties, and now two thousands and two thousand tens, and now in going into two thousand two thousand twenties, Pittsburgh has remained a relevant. Um, uh, you know, a, a well, nice, ran, f- functionable organization. 
Pittsburgh is home, has only had three coaches in their team's history. Three coaches. They've literally had three coaches in their team history between the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and now in, you know, 2000s and now. They literally have had three, co- three coaches, Chuck No, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. So they don't fire the coaches. This is the this is the absolute best job for a coach. This is the absolute best job for for anybody to be in, in in this type of situation. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the best job. It's the best job. I talked about this with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Now, when we we were trying to rate how good the Cowboy job was, not a bad job. But I often say, the Steelers. That's the best. If you're a coach, that is the best job. Is the Steelers? That's the best team to get. That's the best team to go to. Um, they off. They, they don't fire their coaches. They often draft well. They often they're often talented. They usually have good defenses. Um, scout department is really good. Pittsburgh is not scared to spend money. Other franchises are. You know, half of the half of these teams are really scared to spend money. Pittsburgh is not afraid to spend money. Pittsburgh is not afraid to take risks. Pittsburgh usually drafts well. Pittsburgh has a great scouting department. Pittsburgh is usually talented, which is why it, which is why they have six Super Bowl titles in their franchise's history. With Jameis Winston, he reminds me of a lot of Ben Roethlisberger. Piss, they, they, they have similar frames. Uh, ben Ben Roethlisberger, his judgment is okay, but we we don't we don't talk about Ben Roethlisberger turnovers as much because. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a two-time cha- he's a two-time champion. We don't talk about how you know how Ben Mike how he can occasionally you know become a little gunslinger and he just start he just start throwing picks here and there. We don't talk we don't talk about that with Big Ben. We talk about the two championships. We talk about his frame. We talk about his toughness, and then we you know we bring up the turnovers. With Jameis, this would be a great opportunity for him to have a mentor. This would be a great opportunity for him to have a mentor, for him to uh, to clean up some of these turnovers. Also, he's going to, a, a, like I said, one of the best franchises with one of the best coaches in football. And also, it, we don't know how Ben Roethlisberger is going to look after this Tommy John surgery. We do not know how he's going to look. Historically in NFL, quarterbacks have not made a successful recovery from this Tommy John surgery. So we will see. This will also give the Steelers, this will give the Steelers a, a, a decent backup. This will give the Steelers a decent backup. Because you, you, Jameis Winston, if he can just clean up the turnovers, if he can, if he can just cut the turnovers in half, he's a decent quarterback. He's a decent quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a, you know, he's not a superstar quarterback, but he's a decent quarterback where he's better than uh he's better than Mason Rudolph in the in the Duck Duck Hodges guy. He's better than those guys. He's a nice serviceable backup. So, if things with Ben Roethlisberger does not work out, if Ben, you know, if he gets injured, you know, and he's and Ben is aging, the quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger's draft class, look where they've gone. Eli Manning was in Ben Roethlisberger's draft class. Eli Manning's retired now. Philip Rivers, how much does he left left in the tank? He's he's probably he's one he's one foot out and one foot in. 
He's about he's about to retire. So we don't know how long Big Ben has. He's probably on his last big contract. So we don't know how we don't know how long Big Ben has. And with Jameis Winston, this will bring some assurance to the court, to the backup position of the Steelers. If you you have a you have a nice backup who can who can, who is talented who has a good, who has a good arm, not afraid to take risk, but take too many risks, and he throws a lot of foolish interceptions. I think with the with the you know with Ben being a veteran, with Ben being a future Hall of Famer, Big Ben Roethlisberger can mentor Jameis Winston on the field, Mike Tomlin and that culture, the Steelers culture that they have there. I think Jameis would help, or well, I think they could help Jameis. I don't think Jameis would help because he's, I don't know, he's, he, he's not a big character guy. But I think if he can join a situation as like you know, join the situation that Pittsburgh has, I think it would be beneficial to Jameis. Um, and also for the Steelers, it's a win-win for both sides. The Steelers, you know, Jameis brings some some type of insurance to the backup position, you know, the backup position to your quarterback. And also with Jameis, you're going to a nicely ran, a well-oiled function machine in Pittsburgh with a great coach, with a great fan base, with a, with a great team. I mean, they have a pretty good team. And then a, a Hall of Fame quarterback that you're playing behind. You can learn things from. Fairly similar. They make, they, you know, Ben Roethlisberger makes mistakes. He even throws a lot of interceptions. He's not afraid to take, you know, take those chances down the field. Jameis Winston can learn from that. So, I also heard something interesting from, um, a, you know, a Fox Sports analyst and Nick Wright. I heard something interesting, he said, about Jameis Winston in a possible landing spot. And it had me thinking about, he said the Cowboys. He said the Cowboys. Now, early this week, early this week, I talked about, sorry, guys. Early this week, I gave you guys my quarterback tears. I gave you guys my quarterback tears. Got some feedback. Got a, got a lot of feedback from it. You know, some, you know, some things you guys want to change, but I don't, I'm not going to change it. I, 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 this is what I'm, you know, I have, you know, I have qualifications for certain tears of sort. So, that's what I'm going with. But this had me thinking. So, you know, you guys know how I had my quarterback tiers. I had my tiers where, like, the superstar quarterbacks where, like, it's, you know, these are the guys you have a chance to win every Sunday because of these guys. You know, that was my top tier. They are the superstars. Uh, Patrick, I think Patrick Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback in in football, but he's in this tier too. But I think he he there's there's a there's a there's a there's a distant gap there's a gap between Patrick Mahomes and whoever you guys think is the second best quarterback in the league. I and for my liking, the second best quarterback in the league is Russell Wilson, but with Patrick Mahomes, he's obviously the best quarterback in football. He had he's he's won he won MVP his first year starting. He's won Super Bowl MVP. He's won Super Bowl championships. He has a winning record. He continues to, you know, do many things at such a young age at 24. He's obviously the best quarterback, and it's it, it, there's a gap. I'm not even going to say it's not even close, but there's a gap. My second best quarterback would be Russell Wilson. So that's besides the point. 
So when I look at my list and my tiers and how I have these quarterbacks, you know, rank accordingly, um, I, I'm going to go through it again. But my superstar quarterbacks, you know, are Russell Wilson, Patrick, well, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady, you know, with this roster that he has in Tampa Bay, I put Tom right there. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger, I'm gonna, uh, it's an ash, it's an a, I'm gonna put an asterisk next to that. There's an asterisk next to Ben Roethlisberger. But, I look at my second tier, my second tier, I judge this, I think these are franchise quarterbacks, but I think two of these guys, two of these guys on this tier have, or some might think, uh, have the potential of being a superstar tier one quarterback. I think so too. So two of the, the two guys are Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. They're they're stars in their own right. They are superstar quarterbacks in their own right. But I rank this tier. I call this tier the tier where they have a hole or two in their game. They have holes or two in they have a hole or two in their game. With Lamar. I talked about him throwing the ball um, on the boundaries. With Deshaun, I think he takes too many – he tries to make the big play too many times. He tries to take the big shots all the time. That was my – so basically what I'm going to get to is if you're the Cowboys, would you pay Dak? Because according to my tiers, according to my tiers, Dak isn't in the top two tiers. Dak isn't even in the top two tiers. When I, you know, I gave you guys my tiers. You look at Dak, he's not even in my top two tiers. You know, I, you know, I may have Jared Goff a little too high. I may, because you guys said that, I may have Jared Goff a little too high. Okay. We, we, we'll see how he plays this year. If he, if he has a subpar year this year, if he has an average year this year, if he has a year that he had, if he has the same year that he had last year, okay, I drop him. But Dak, Dak isn't in the same conversation as Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. He's not. He's not. And that's why, if, if you're the Cowboys, do you really want to pay Dak? Because we've, we've seen how, this things, how, how these type of things work. When you pay, uh, uh, when you pay, I think Dak is a franchise guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a franchise guy. But Dak is one of those franchise guys that need a lot of help. He needs a lot of things to go his way. Dak needs a lot of things to go his way. Dak needs a great O-line. Dak needs a, a really a star receiver. Russell Wilson doesn't need a star receiver. Russell Wilson doesn't need a star receiver. Russell Wilson make receivers stars. He don't need a star receiver. He makes star receiver stars. DK Metcalf. Everybody loved the kid. Everybody loved the kid, but I could have sworn coming into the draft, everybody was like, DK Metcalf, he can only run, run he can only run one route. Everybody was like, oh, he can only run one route. He's a, he's a, he's a, he, he only has one route he can run. And I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a one trick pony. And I, I'm like, okay. Now everybody, everybody loved DK Metcalf. I've heard they call, they, they comparing DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson. I said, okay. <laughs> now everybody loved the kid. Everybody loves the kid now, but you're not, you're not, you're not going to pay attention to Russell Wilson, what he did. So that's what I'm saying. 
can Dak can Dak do that? I don't know. I don't know if Dak can turn into I don't know if Dak can turn in uh turn an average receiver to stars. Because that's what Russell Wilson has been doing for the last, I don't know, three, four years. I, I just don't think Dak is worth it. And like I said, I'm I'm unique because I know a lot of people root for the, the player to get their money. I want the player to get their money. I want the players to win. I want the player to get their money as well, but if your team, if you're a diehard Cowboy fan, you do not want to see your Cowboys be in a financial crisis. And that is what I, that's also what I root for, too. I don't want to see teams being financially handicapped because they're paying, quarter, they're paying a quarterback Patrick Mahomes money, and he's not Patrick Mahomes. They're paying Dak Prescott Russell Wilson money, and he's not Russell Wilson. I, I, he's, you're paying him Aaron Rodgers money, and he's damn sure not Aaron Rodgers. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying about Dak. I like Dak. I like Dak a lot. I like, but I also root for the Cowboys, and I also root for them to come out of this deal on the right side and not feel like they are being financially handicapped because they're paying Dak, they, they, because they're paying Dak a billion, millions of dollars. I mean, you don't want Dak. Dak and his agent, they remain. They stand still. They they want the they want the biggest contract in NFL history. That's what Dak and his agent wants. They want the biggest contract in NFL history. I don't understand it. You came off eight and eight season. You're coming off eight and eight season. They gave you thirty three million dollars, one hundred five million dollars guaranteed. Uh, I would I would look those I would have looked at those numbers and I would have said. Get me in there. I want to show me where show me where I signed at because you're coming off eight and eight season. So with Dak, I, I don't know what you guys want from Dak. Uh, I thought the deal that the Cowboys gave him, he should have took. Uh, I, I don't know what he's thinking. I, I thought the deal they that they gave him, he should have took. Even a guy like Carson Wentz, sit back and think. Yes, Dak had a great rookie year. That was four years ago. Totally different world now. Carson Wentz has had an MVP season, and he's coming off of this last season where he basically put all of the Eagles on his back and carried them to the playoffs. And in route to doing that, he beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Mind you, Dak had the better line, Dak had the better receivers, Dak had the better running backs. And Dak still lost. In in, in Dak losing effort, he had zero touchdowns. Zero touchdown drives. He never led the Cowboys on a touchdown drive. Absolutely unacceptable. When you look at when you look at when you even though the numbers that you know Dak may have more wins than Carson Wentz, and Dak numbers are you know, Dak and Carson Wentz numbers are fairly similar. When you look at the two, who would you rather want today? Carson Wentz or Dak? I know you're going to say, oh, Carson Wentz, he gets, he gets injured a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, the best ability, the best ability is availability. I get it. But do you want Carson Wentz, a 6'5 guy that has a cannon, or do you want Dak, who, you know, arm talent, okay, athleticism, okay, size, okay, deep ball, okay, accuracy, okay. Like, there's a lot of okays with Dak. He's not elite in, like, when you look at Carson Wentz, you say, oh, my God, that, he has a strong arm. Or you say, like, oh, my God, how did you make that throw? When you look at Dak, it's like, uh, 
Arm talent, uh. Athleticism, uh. Accuracy, uh. I don't know what you guys. I don't know what you guys look at. That. I know a lot of people. Though I know a lot of people. Um, you know they they worry about Carson Wentz uh, health, but I, I look at Carson Wentz. He, that guy, he's the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. Six five, athletic, got a cannon. He can he throws a nice ball. I don't know what else guys. I don't know what else you guys want. I'll catch you guys after the break. Okay, so I, I told you guys in the beginning. I said I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna do my top ten players that's under 25 in the NBA today, right now. I think Bleacher Report, ESPN. I, I don't think they do. I don't. I don't like some of the lists that they put out. Um, the, the Athletic really does a good job with putting out these lists. Some journalists do a good job with putting out these type of lists. Excuse me. But ESPN, Bleach Report, I typically don't like their list that they come up with because I, 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 I quite frankly don't know how they do it um, and with, with, what it's based off. I don't quite understand how they do it. I don't know. But my list, I think, is a good list. I have the top 10 players under 25 um, in today's NBA. So at 10, B.I., Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, long, lanky kid, 6'9", 6'10", can put the ball on deck, can shoot. Uh, he's worked his way up to, um, you know, a max contract this year, whether it be with the Knicks, whether it be the Pelicans. He's definitely worked his way up uh, a long-term deal. I think certainly, I think certainly he will, he, he, he definitely will be a perennial all-star in this league, no question about it. He'll definitely be a perennial all-star. I just, um, I don't know if he's the guy as your first option on a championship team. I don't know. We have, we have to see. We 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 have to see, um, like where his development grow, where his de- where his development stops at, um, you know, and what what team he's on, you know, in the next year or so. So, but I like Brad Ingram. Um, not a generational type talent. Remind you a little bit of Kevin Durant, but uh, good brand new all star young player. To have on your team, definitely. Uh, at nine, Ben Simmons. Now, I, I used to, I'm really high on, I, I used to be really, really high on Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons, uh, this year he really fell off. Uh, I thought he had a jump shot. He doesn't, he, obviously he doesn't have a jump shot. We all know that he does not. He has still yet to buy, I mean, still buy. <laughs> he is still yet to develop a jump shot. Um, you know, he hit one three-pointer, but everybody went crazy. Twitter went crazy, but I just really think he has the potential to, if he has a jump shot, he could be really great, but he doesn't, he, he has yet to develop a jump shot. He, he has yet to develop a jump shot yet. Um, I think that is the, that is the reason why he is so low on this list because 
the lack of jump shot is there. It, it, the, the, I mean, it's the lack of a jump, not having a jump shot. It, it, it's it's hurting and it's stunting his progression. Uh, I like his counterpart in Embiid, but Simmons has yet to develop a jump shot. But he's very athletic. He's six. He's a six ten, six eleven guard. He can. His defense is really good. He's a really good defender. Um, but and of course the facilitating part, he can really pass. But you know he doesn't do much for me on you know with the shooting scoring. Don't look for twenty five a night from Ben Simmons because he's not going to give you that. Uh, at eight, Trey Young. Now I like Trey Young. Don't love him. I would like. I know with his roster, with his roster in Atlanta, I know it's not a good roster, but. You gotta win more games. Uh, you, you, you just get you. I mean, he just ha, he just has to win more games. He it, he has to win more games in Atlanta because I have a guy on this on this very exact list who has a similar roster to to Trey Young and he's winning in the tougher conference. I'm gonna get to that later. But Trey Young, of course, the shooting ability. Now, of course, he is a defensive liability. Uh, due to his size, mainly his size really, you know, makes him a defensive liability. But he does so much on the offensive end; he can facilitate, and we all know about his shooting, his, his jump shooting ability. Uh, Devin Booker, similar, quite, quite the same story. Devin Booker, great scorer. Um, he's a great scorer. His handle has gotten better as he, you know, has gotten older. Uh, his handle has gotten better. But once again, on a bad franchise, on a bad team, in the tough Western Conference in Phoenix, either he has to go somewhere else or Phoenix have to put the right pieces around Devin Booker for him to win because we need to see more Devin Booker. We, we, we just need, we need to see more Devin Booker because I don't think people realize how talented of a scorer he is. But we won't, we won't never know because he plays in Phoenix, and Phoenix has not been good. Uh, at six, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell from Utah. I've liked this kid since his rookie year. I liked him not even since his rookie year. I liked this kid since Louisville. Um, but he really came on really strong his rookie year. He uh, won the playoff series against OKC, you know, Russell Westwood and Paul George. He won that he won that playoff series. He's been either the best or second best player on a 50-win Jazz team for the last 3 years now-ish. They've been uh they, they you know, the Jazz, they've been one of those Western Conference teams that get to the playoffs, not really championship contenders. But they're not. They're but they're good enough to get to the playoffs and win fifty games. So I, you know, I think um, he's a he's definitely a volume shooter. I would like to see him become more efficient. But uh, Don Mitchell, athletic guard, wing, you know, athletic wing, can score. Uh, but efficiency is a problem. I would like to see him get a little bit more efficient. Uh, I know some people think he's underrated. Uh, I would like to see him get just get a tad bit more efficient on offense. Uh, at five, this was difficult for me. Um, Car Anthony Towns because Car Anthony Towns, if you just look at his numbers, you would think, oh, this guy he he should be number one or number two. 
if you just look at Carnegie Town's numbers. But his teammates don't love him. You know, Jimmy Butler, you know, first of all, Minnesota, he doesn't win in Minnesota. Unacceptable. Um, I think Minnesota has the second worst record in the Western Conference. Yes, I know it's the Western Conference, but it's unacceptable that uh, that this guy that 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 Carnfee Towns he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't win a lot. He does not win a lot, and his teammates don't like him. I question his leadership, and his teammates don't like him. Also, he's a center. He's a center. He's a center in today's game. Ah, I don't pay much attention to centers. Who does? But uh, so I don't. So with him being a center in today's NBA. I don't think he has much impact. With him scoring 27 and 12, with him averaging 27 and 12 um, on some good shooting splits, I just don't see much impact. Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's averaging 27 and 12. How many games has Minnesota won? Not a lot. So that just goes to show you that I, the center position, how viable it, how viable it is. And also, Tarnfrey Towns, I question his character. I question his leadership. Um, I question his toughness because Jimmy Butler was there in Minnesota for half an hour. They were really good. Jimmy Butler left. Jimmy Butler despises Carvey Downs. Uh, at four, John Morant out of Memphis. Now, this was the guy that I was talking about when I was talking about Trey Young. John Morant and Trey Young have similar rosters. Trey Young is in the weaker Eastern Conference and can't win. He can't win games. John Morant is in the much tougher Western Conference with a similar roster in Memphis, a Memphis roster that we didn't see in our playoff. That I, I mean, nobody saw. Nobody saw Memphis on their playoff radar. Memphis, if the playoffs started today, Memphis would be the AC. Now, yeah, they would get swept by the Lakers, but they're the AC in the Western Conference, and Ja Morant has has guided them. I think Ja, with with Morant, he's athletic. He has the athleticism of Westbrook. He has the passing ability and the smarts of Rondo. He has the handle of Kyrie Irving a little bit, and he can shoot a little bit. I like this kid, John Morant. Um, I liked him. I thought I, I thought he had star quality um, back in Mary State. I thought he had star quality. He led them to the tournament, got them a couple tournament wins. I thought he had star quality, and I thought he had star written all over him in college. Comes on to the NBA. He leads Memphis, and Memphis is in the, they're, they're in the playoff picture. Uh, that's why I like. That's why I have John Morant so much. Uh, so much. That's why I have him ahead of Trey Young because Trey Young doesn't win as much. John Morant wins. Uh, Zion at three. Now I know some of you guys may think this is premature, but okay. Some people say, "Oh, Zion doesn't have no skill. Uh, Zion can't shoot. Zion's overweight." Well, okay, he's overweight. He can't shoot. You say he has no skill. You say he can't go right. He's averaging 24 and 7. If, I mean, let's just say he doesn't get better at all. Let's just say Zion does not get better at all. He doesn't develop no skill. He doesn't develop a right hand. He doesn't develop a jump shot. He doesn't develop nothing. He averages 24 and 7. That seems like a pretty good career to me. 
I don't think he's. I think he's only going to get better. I think he's going to add skill. I think he is going to get better. I think he is going to add a jump shot. I think he is going to con- try to control his weight. We're talking about a guy that has the potential of being an NBA superstar. I know you guys may think it's premature, but I don't think so. He's he's already. I don't think you can name thirty five players in the NBA that's better than Zion. I I just don't think you can name. Them. I don't think you can name thirty players that's in the NBA that's better than Zion that you're going to take over Zion. I just don't see it. Zion, you 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 guys can say he's overweight. You guys can say he only has a left hand. You can say he can, he doesn't shoot jump shots. You can say all these things, but he's averaging twenty four and seven without those things. Just imagine if he. Just imagine if he developed a jump shot. <laughs> he's gonna be adding twenty eight, and he's and he's and he's efficient. He's efficient. Yes, I know it's layups from dunks mostly, but he's efficient, and he has star quality about himself. I like him. He's box office. Zion at three. Now at two, I have Jason Tatum. He is the prototypical wing player that you want in today's basketball in today's game. You want a guy that is 6'8", 6'9", length, uh, can score at all three levels, can finish with a handle. You want a guy like Jason Tatum. Um, He's the prototypical player, 6'9", forward, that you want in today's NBA. Great frame. um, Not to mention his playoff success. Um, Now, Boston last year, they they had a great roster on paper, but... It never meshed. Kyrie and you know, you know his thing. He had, he has going on. I don't know. Um, with you know, with Brad Stevens and trying to insert Gordon Hayward into the line, certain lineups, it just didn't mesh. Before the suspension, before the suspension, we saw Boston going up. We and we and we really saw Jason Tatum taking his game to the next level. That's what I like about Jason Tatum. I told I, I did an episode a couple weeks ago, or well, before the NBA season was suspended. I did an episode, and I basically said Jason Tatum is becoming an emerging. He's he's emerging into a superstar in our own eyes, and I think with him and with his emergence of a, becoming a superstar, I thought Jason Tatum made the Celtics an NBA a legit NBA Finals contender because he was emerging to a superstar. Um, not saying they're gonna beat Milwaukee, but they will. They could give Boston would give Milwaukee a good a a, a, a run for their money. Um, at number one, um, it's pretty obvious. This guy, Luca, Luca Doncic, at number one, he is this generation's Larry Bird. I think if Larry Bird played in this generation, he would look a lot like Luca Doncic. Not very athletic, yeah, but can shoot, skilled. Ball handling, post moves. Um, now, Luca, I know people gonna say then he's not great on defense. Okay, who? I mean, but who is great on defense at such a young age? Okay, give me a break. Luca, um, he's out in twenty nine, eight and eight. Uh, this guy, if the, the route, he, he's 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 much more. He's a he's a graceful scorer. He's much more skilled than Zion, um, but Zion has a star quality. I don't know. Luca's box office and Luca is a he's a he's definitely a superstar in the making. I don't I don't know maybe I don't, I don't know if Luca is Americanized enough to be like the face of the NBA. But boy oh boy, um, 
the guy the, he has the goods. He he has the goods. The kid can play. He's the, he like the route he's going. If he can, if health is on his side, he's going to end up. At, he's going to end up at being a top ten all time score. Um, because the way how he can score and the volume he can score and the rate that he can score at, he's going to end up at. He's going to end up being a top ten all time score. Trust me. Trust me. He's gonna be. He's gonna. He's gonna end up being a top ten all time score in this league. Um, the route. The, the, I mean, he's he's twenty two, averaging thirty points per game. Think about that. He's twenty two, averaging thirty points a game. If help is on his side, he's certainly gonna be a top ten all time score in this league. Um, I like his. I like his potential in Dallas with Chris with Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, two European players. Two un two both players have you know some unorthodox styles about them. Um, yeah, I I like what I see from Luca. I think Dallas is only going to get better. I think Dallas is another. They probably a they probably a piece or two away from being bona fide championship contenders. I I think Dallas is about a piece a piece or two away. If Dallas can add. Another like if that if if some way somehow if Dallas could land a guy like Bradley Bill, they would be very scary. If they could add another you know another you know two other big time starters or two other just starters or role players, they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be they're gonna be a force to reckon with. So that those are my top ten players under twenty five. Uh, that is the correct list. Uh, I think everybody has Luke. Most people have Luca at number one. His his skills are just refined. His skills are, I mean, his skills are just really refined. Uh, you can tell he's been playing basketball for a very long time. You can tell he's been playing basketball for a very, very long time. I catch you guys after the break. <clears throat> And the Browns fan, the Browns fan, the Browns fans are not gonna like me, but I have some good things to say about the Browns. Um, on my top six teams, um, post free agency, pre draft, I'm gonna give you guys my top six teams. I'm gonna talk about the Browns a little bit, but I look at the teams like the Chiefs, where the Chiefs, you know, the big news, the big news coming out of Kansas City is that the, you know, they they were able to re-sign Sammy Watkins, or not re-sign him, but they would, they would, you know, Sammy Watkins took a pay cut. They took a pay cut. Sammy Watkins took a pay cut, and what? And this is what I like. Um, and sometimes it works. Well, most of the times it works. If you have, if you have a young quarterback that you are that you that you really like and that you think is really good, build around him and put the right pieces around him. And the reason why I say that is, look at this. I had the 2020 salary cap. I had the teams with the most cap space 
in the teams with the least cap space. I have those teams right here in front of me. And look at this. The teams, the teams with the least salary cap space, Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots, Chicago Bears, Rams, Steelers. And I look at the Chiefs and the Rams specifically. Let me break down the Chiefs. The Chiefs have, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. They have Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, of course, in, in, in many people's opinion, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Uh, now, the Chiefs coming into this year, or coming in, you know, when, once they said Mahomes is our starter, offensive mastermind Andy Reid, top, I mean, he's probably the best tight end in football in Travis Kelsey, great receiver in Tyreek Hill, nice other pieces around, around the offense, solid offensive line. Let's stack up and build up on our defense. Let's go all in. It's worked for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starter, they should have got to the Super Bowl. If, if it wasn't, they should have got to the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for the offsides penalty, they get to the Super Bowl. This year, obviously, they're Super Bowl champions. They got to the Super Bowl. They went all in. They went all out. New England, I mean New England, Kansas City was able to cash in. But I look at a team like the, like the L.A. Rams, who tried the same exact thing. They went all out. They went out and got all these stars. It worked. Jared Goff, you know, some people don't think Jared Goff is all that good. I think Jared Goff is solid. I think, he's, I think he has a stronger arm. I think he's, he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. I just think he has a stronger arm. But they went all out. You know, it's in the Rams, they, you know, they're, they're probably thinking, oh, yeah, it got, it got them a Super Bowl appearance. But this is what I like in the NFL. This is, what, this is what it takes in the NFL. You got to go all out. With it being such a hard cap league and you have a quarterback that you like, you got you to gotta go all out. You got to go all out. You got to cash out while he's on his rookie deal. Because you look at a team like the Cowboys. I've been talking about them lately a lot in their salary cap, in their financial issues. Look at the team like the Cowboys. They, are, they had their first four years with Dak. They had a nice roster. They were able to put the, the, they were able to put the right pieces around him. Great O-line, receivers, running back, D-line. They were able to do all those things, linebackers. Now, Dak is expensive. Dak is real expensive now. And the Cowboys looking at a team where it's not much depth. They don't have much depth. They have, you know, highest paid running back, $100 million receiver, $100 million DN. You know, linebackers getting paid. Now Dak wants a history-breaking deal. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And now the Cowboys find themselves very top-heavy. The Cowboys find themselves top-heavy. No, no, no depth at all. And this is, why I don't, I, this is why I don't consider the Cowboys a Super Bowl contender. Because now, now, they have to pay Dak. And when you have to pay all these guys, and when you have paid all these guys, you can't fill in those other positions. They're secondary. It's weak. They have no depth. So if one of these star players get hurt, 
They're done. I look at a team like the Bears, who tried the same exact thing. They went all out, but you know what's, you know what's wrong with the Bears? They have Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback. It wasn't going to work. Scratch them out. But look at the teams with the most salary cap. Cleveland, Houston, the Jets, and the Lions, and the Eagles are up here, but the Eagles, they've won a Super Bowl in the last two years. They're fine. But Browns, Texans, Jets, Lions, those four teams, Lions, they have a lot of salary. They have, they have some salary cap. They got somebody to play with. But Matthew Stafford's not the guy. Scratch them off. The Jets, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Adam Gates, I don't know what the hell he's doing. They lost Robbie Anderson. Sam Donald's a young quarterback. He seems that he seems like he's more mature than Adam Gates. But they have no weapons. I think Sam Donald's gonna struggle this year a little bit. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely gonna struggle. Now that I think about it, he has Buffalo in his division, great defense. New England in his division, great defense. Miami in his division, their defense got better, got stronger, certainly. The Texans, oh my gosh, Houston Texans. They're led by the great Bill O'Brien. He's such a great leader. <laughs> he traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Now he has a young quarterback in Deshaun Watson who is going to struggle, right? Deshaun Watson's going to struggle. With no DeAndre Hopkins, he's leaving. The, he's leaving Deshaun Watson out there, in, in, in out there in the desert. And then Cleveland, there they go. They gave it. They gave Baker. And you, you guys are like, what are you talking about? Cleveland has surrounded Baker with all these weapons. Yes, they have. They've given Baker Nick Chubb. You know, they got Austin Hooper. I think they'll pay, but they got him. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. They got all these type weapons. What about that O-line? The O-line is horrible. But they are shoring up the O-line. But this is my whole point. When you have a young quarterback that you are, that you, that you are excited about, and you have a team, you have a, you have a really good team around him, and you had that young quarterback on his rookie deal, with the NFL being such a hard cap league, with it being such a hard cap league, you go all out. And surround that young quarterback with the proper pieces. Because if you don't, or if you don't, you'll be like the Cowboys. Or not like the Cowboys, because the Cowboys, they have, they have put the right pieces around Dak Prescott. But you got to cash in. You got to win those games like the Rams and Chiefs did. The Rams and Chiefs went all out. They surrounded their young quarterback with the proper weapons. Rams didn't get a Super Bowl, but they got a Super Bowl appearance. The Chiefs obviously won a Super Bowl. This is the formula. You, you, it's much easier to win this league when your quarterback is on a rookie deal. It is much tougher to win in this league, much more harder to win in this league when you have to pay your quarterback out the yin-yang and you can't put him around the right pieces. Unless you're, you know, Seattle. Unless you're one of these, one of these organizations that's, that's lucky enough to have a superstar quarterback, a tier one quarterback, where it doesn't matter if you don't have a number one receiver. Russell Wilson to get it done. That's how you win. So, another thing that I want to get into before I let you guys go. Yes, I have... My top six NFL rosters coming into this season. 
my top six NFL rosters. At six, I have the Saints. I have the Saints at six. Uh, I, I usually have my music when I do my top tens, um, but I don't. It's okay. But at six, I have the Saints. Uh, the Saints, they added Emmanuel Sanders. They already have a pretty solid defense. Defense is not great, but solid. Um, I like their receiving I, I like their receiving core now, definitely. Uh, Alvin Kamara, nice running back. Drew Brees, they still have him. He took a pay cut. So they were able to get somebody. They were able to get somebody like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I really like the Saints coming into this year. I mean, people keep waiting. I'm one of those, but people keep waiting on the Saints to take a decline for them to just just fall and dip. You know um, how Max Kellerman, you know, talks about Tom Brady and that cliff that he supposedly is supposed to hit, um, or that drop off. Where that's what people. That's what some people are waiting for from the Saints. They're waiting for that drop off because they have an older quarterback. They have eight. I mean, they have an aging quarterback. You know, the defense. Uh, but they have yet to do so. They have yet to take that dip. Um, they have drafted really well. I've talked about this on numerous occasions where you go back and look at Sean Payton's last four drafts. He has drafted nothing but all pros. He has drafted nothing but all pros and good solid players. Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchek. We're talking about guys that are all pros at their positions. So, I like the Saints at number six. At number five, I have your Cleveland Browns. So, the Browns at five. The Browns, um, great D-line. I like their offensive weapons. Now, the thing that, uh, that, I, that I just didn't like about the Browns roster last year, roster specifically, is uh, their O-line. Their O-line was horrible. Uh, I, I got on Baker a lot, um, and rightfully so, because he wasn't playing well. But it was that that O line was not good. So in free agency, they went out addressed the right tackle position in the draft. Everybody, and you know, uh, Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, all those all those guys that do that deal with the mock draft. They it seems like Cleveland's going in the direction of drafting a left tackle. So they're addressing the they're addressing their offensive line problems. I like their receivers, of course, with Odell, Jarvis Landry, and those guys that they have. Uh, David Njoku, and also along with Austin Hooper. So you have two good receivers. I mean, two, like, number one receivers. Two good tight ends. I think they overpaid for Austin Hooper, but that's even here or there. Um, and their D-line, I think, is the most underrated part of their team. The defensive line of the Browns is the most underrated part of their team. I like what they have in their front seven. Secondary still got to clean up, but I st- most majority majority of this roster I like. This is why I'm gonna be. Um, this is why I'm gonna be two times harder on Baker. I'm gonna be really hard on Baker because now there's no excuse. You have Kevin. You have Kevin Stefanski. You got a new. You got a new system. New coach. Um, with the, with all of these big time weapons, not to mention in the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So. They have nothing but weapons. I want to see a lot from Baker this year. Um, at four, I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs at four. Now, mind you, I still like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the favorites to come out of the AFC. That's just me personally right now. But the Chiefs, defensively, um, it's still, you know, they, they were, they're good enough to get stops. They're, not, they're never going to be an elite defense because they're too powerful and good offensively. But... They are they are good enough to get stops 
um, when you, when they need to get stops. Proven that that that's proven in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I like the Chiefs. We already know what they're working with offensively. Uh, you know, they're, they're offensive line solid, running game solid, receiving core is solid. We all know about the Chiefs' offense. None, none to talk about there. At three, I have the Vikings. I had the Vikings at three. Um, Kirk Cousins is like the he's the sore thumb that sticks out to this Ross with this roster. He is the sore thumb. He is the guy that you know that we we all question. Now I think the the, the Vikings they take a step back because they lost Stephon Diggs, so they no longer have that one two punch, that one two tandem punch at the receiver position. So I think they do take a step back because I thought last year this was probably the best roster in football. No longer the case. Uh, then uh, I think it's they have Evanson. I think Everson Griffin is a is a free agent. One of those two de- defensive ends uh, are free agents. Yeah, Evanson Griffin. Evanson Griffin is the guy that is a free agent. So D line weakened a little bit, but the linebacking core still solid. Secondary, uh, Harrison Smith. But I I I really like this Minnesota team. They're at three. At two, the 49ers. Yes, I still have the 49ers at two. Big fan of this team. Great D. They still have a good D line. Even though they lost to Forrest Buckner, who I really like, they, they were able to keep and retain Eric Armstead. So I still like this front seven, this D line. Uh, secondary, they will have to show up, obviously. It was good that they were able to keep the safety tart, or uh, was it? I think it was Ward. Uh, they were able to keep him. I didn't think they were going to be, be able to keep him, but they were able to keep him because DeForest Buckner was traded away to the Colts. But in exchange for DeForest Buckner, they did get the number 13 pick. The, the Niners, John Lynch, I trust him to make the right decision with that pick um, to free up, you know, whatever, to help in some position of need, probably in secondary. Um, yeah, I, would li- I, I, I like what the 49ers are doing. I still see them as a legit, NFC contender, even with them losing in the Super Bowl and losing DeForest Buckner, a guy on that front seven, I still like the 49ers to be really good next year. Um, I don't know if they're going to be 13-3 good, maybe 11-5, but um, I still like the 49ers to be really good. And the best roster in football on paper, pre-draft and post-free agency, I have is Baltimore. I like Baltimore secondary. They're able to man. They, they're able to go man to man their secondary with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and Jimmy Smith. I like those three DBs that they have. Their secondary is sure up. Uh, Earl Thomas, great safety. He's a he's a future Hall of Famer. Then they add another future Hall of Famer and Calais Campbell on that front seven. So these they, they've made some sneaky moves. Baltimore's made some sneaky moves to get a little bit better on defense, to show up that defensive line, stopping the run. Uh, I think I think Calais, Calais Campbell would definitely help there with stopping the run because that's what ultimately that's what ultimately hurt the Ravens defense in the postseason last year. Derrick Henry couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Uh, offensively, I like what they have. Yes, they um their their receivers are you know they could they could use a they can use a legit number one. Hopefully they're 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 hoping that Marquise Hollywood Brown will turn into that number one. But um, I, I you know, Baltimore is bringing back everybody. I like their O line, like Lamar. Uh, tight ends, a O line, a Lamar. He's the league's MVP. I like Lamar. Uh, receivers, 
they're, they're, they're hoping that Marquise Hollywood Brown turns into that number one. So thank you guys for that. Uh, that's my Those are my top six rosters pre-draft and after free agency. It may change after, it may change after free agency, I mean after the draft, because, you know, these kids are getting drafted. Um, but um, so just an overview, just overview. Go check out that scheme, the scheme, the, the documentary, the scheme, really good, Re- really good, especially for uh, athletes, for high school and collegiate athletes. It's a really good watch. Um, I would, I would encourage you guys to go look at that. Um, I talked about Jake. We so just an overview. We talked about Jameis going to Pittsburgh. Dak, is he worth the money? Uh, you know, top five teams. We get we got into the top five teams. Also, we talked about the top ten NBA players under twenty five. You guys already know how I feel about that. So, uh, I hope you guys go into the weekend feeling strong, feeling good. I hope everybody take care of themselves. Continue to practice social distancing, quarantine. I always tell you guys, I come on here to try to bring a sense of normalcy uh, because I know everybody's schedule in the world. Um, or just in this country alone, has been affected. I know everybody's schedule has been affected. So I try to bring a sense of normalcy. Uh, but listen, continue to listen to the experts. Don't listen to me. When I talk about, this, when I talk about COVID-19, I, I try to give you guys the, the safety tips that I hear from the experts. I come in here to talk sports. So uh, don't listen to me. Continue to listen to the experts, the doctors, and the scientists. Uh, but without further ado, I catch you guys later after the, um, I catch you guys later um, Going into next week. Uh, Remember, two choices, one decision. I'm out.